Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. I am talking to you from rainy Shrewsbury today, but all is well. We create our own sunshine and spring is coming, (laughs) I promise. In this week's episode, I'm talking to the lovely Victoria Maskell, and we're having a really in-depth discussion around manifestation blocks and really breaking them down, um, breaking them down and working out how to move through them. So this is such a helpful manifestation episode. We of course talk about how alcohol links into this as well. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I, I found the conversation helpful myself, so I'm sure you will find it helpful too. Before we jump into this week's interview though, just a reminder that I'm now offering email coaching. So if you're really, really busy, you don't have time to fit in coaching sessions and you're also working to a budget, email coaching is the answer for you. It means you can have a daily check-in with me, a continual conversation with yourself um, and with me. And it kind of ends up working out like an interactive journal where you're constantly checking in with yourself, but then your journal entries are responding to you, which is me. So I am your interactive journal. If that is something that you um, would like to to, to find out more about, you can send me an email to thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk. Or if you definitely want to just go ahead and do it, then just click the link in the show notes to sign up. It works It works as a sub- subscription. Couldn't get my words out there, a subscription. So it automatically renews every month, but you can cancel at any time. Uh, and of course, if you would like to work one-to-one with me, you can book in a free discovery call with me uh, via the link in the show notes or by emailing me at thrive at coaching by uk. I also have a self-led video course now which you can purchase from me and it's a hundred pounds and the self-led video course really includes everything that I know about making a letting go of alcohol easy. It's practical, it's based in cognitive behavioral therapy, um, it's based in all the life coaching stuff I know, changing the story, the way that we look at things, and it's already been really effective. The people that have bought it have found it very, very effective and given me some lovely feedback on that. And again, link in the show notes if you would like to purchase that. Okay, without further ado, let's talk to the lovely Victoria Maskell. Hello, Victoria. How are you today? I am so good. Thank you, Annika. And how are you? I am great. Thank you. And it's so lovely to have you back on the podcast. And for anyone who has not heard you before, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? 
I would love to. And I forgot that you were going to ask me this question. And somehow this is the most difficult question to answer. So if this is your first time hearing from me, uh, my name is Victoria Maskell. I am a mindset and manifestation coach. Um, I have a background in psychology and cognitive neuroscience. That's what my degree is. That's what I love. So I coach people on changing their belief systems, their limiting beliefs, their blocks, so that they can do things like manifest money or overcome fears and anxieties and phobias. Um, I actually have a podcast as well that the lovely Annika has been a guest on numerous times Mm -hmm. called The Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. So it's all about positive mindsets, um, finding ways to have a happy, healthy life, and changing your subconscious limiting beliefs so you can manifest good stuff. And that's yeah, kind of in a nutshell what I do, I think. <laughs> it's a great podcast. I highly recommend and I'll pop the link in the show notes. And it's great that you just mentioned actually feeling blocked with manifestations because that is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, oh, just to add another little add-in as well. If you haven't met Victoria before, she's also alcohol-free. Um, oh. And she is one of... She's not the same kind of alcohol-free person as me because she's never really liked drinking alcohol. But I would say that's just because she must have woken up spiritually when she was very young. And that's why it's never really resonated with her. Because I have a theory that, uh, and I'm getting lots and lots of confirmation about this when I put it out there on TikTok. When people wake up spiritually, they don't really want to drink alcohol as much anymore. And some people wake up first and then don't want to drink. And then some people stop drinking and then they wake up. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, because you're right. I didn't consciously have to become alcohol free. If anything, I had to consciously trust my belief that mm-hmm. I wanted to be alcohol free. Yeah. It was like, I always wanted to be alcohol free. I was never really interested in it, but did the classic, well, I'm 17 now. I know you're meant to drink at 18. Oh, oh, there's a drink at a party. Oh, I've gone out. I'm 18. I should have a drink. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I did it to fit in. But actually the easier path in some respects would have been not. So, oh, I like that bit. What can I just ask? Sorry, I'm going to take us off on a tangent. We're going on a tangent, but we love a tangent, don't we? We love a tangent here. Love a tangent. What What was your sort of inspiration or what made you go, do you know what, this is about spiritual awakening and this is ha- the path for being alcohol-free? Um, well, I, the first time I stopped drinking when I was 25, I just, I didn't realise, I didn't know what to call them at the time, but I did get a lot of downloads and I felt like I, I just things started to make sense to me so much more. I became much more powerful at manifestation. And I noticed that go away when I started drinking again. Um, I Before I stopped drinking the last time, I, I think I'd started waking up spiritually and then I, and I was drinking a lot. Uh, and then I had this moment of clarity where I was like, this needs to go. And it was, I've talked about it a few times on TikTok actually. And I think on this podcast, it was when I was reading um, a book called Spirit Hacking by Shaman Jurek and I was reading his chapter on alcohol and he's basically talking about the fact that alcohol is the quickest way to lower your vibrations uh you know it makes you vulnerable to spiritual parasites etc cetera, etc cetera. and as he I was reading that I was like I've known this in on a subconscious level for a very long time and so yeah that's when that it all kind of clicked for me but that's what's made not drinking so easy for me this time around because I see it as such a spiritual block that the the rewards of not drinking 
are just so vast and and I don't see any benefit to drinking alcohol anymore yeah that's interesting because I don't know I don't know what your kind of group of listeners what kind of categories they fall into but I would almost say that now I know it's safe to be okay with not drinking whereas Mm. in the past the bit I questioned wasn't alcohol because I never really liked it and I never really wanted to do it I think I almost questioned is it normal that I don't want to drink alcohol like deep down I knew it was right for me not to but it it was like why don't you like a glass of wine why don't you want to have a drink when you go out why don't you want to have that why don't and now it's like because I don't want to because I know it's not me because it doesn't work for me it doesn't make me feel good I don't feel like my best self if I was to have a drink and I mean I'm not actually sure the last time I had a drink I think it was 13 years ago maybe 14 years ago I think I think that is the last time if I go to a wedding and there's a toast I pick the drink up because obviously you're if I if I'm if I can't have a glass of water to do it, I pick the drink up, I put it to my mouth and I put it down because I don't want to be seen as rude not yeah. doing the toast. But I'm just not yeah. Yeah, sorry. I just you know what's really- so interesting there though is is that it you're you're absolutely right. We we have to give ourselves permission to to not drink because of the expectations of society. Uh and that's why alcohol is a matrix trick. It's so funny. Somebody on TikTok sent a co- put a comment the other day saying, "It's a this is a can we please all just recognise that this is a fictional film?" I'm like, <laughs> the word matrix is referring to the system of ideologies that we all live in, mm-hmm. and it is that system of ideologies that, uh, you know, can, gives us an infrastructure for thinking, and that system of ideologies has brainwashed us all. But you must drink. Yeah. You, but you must. must. Uh, and there are some cultures in the world that are very, very adamant about the fact that you must have one. And yeah. it takes quite a strong person to say, but I do not want one. Yeah. <laughs> it no, doesn't feel you. good for me. Uh, and it was that permission that you were able to give yourself when you're younger that I would suggest tells me that you are an old soul there's a wisdom there that gave you that confidence at quite a young age just to kind of push against that because you you said no before it became a thing like it's a bit of a thing now the sober revolution Mm -hmm. it wasn't then you were just like yeah but I don't like it sorry don't like it don't want to do it and interestingly I won't share any names or specifics but I was having a chat with one of my friends the other day and she was talking about like going on to dating apps and like meeting new people and my classic question is like oh what's on your 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 manifestation list for a person then and one of the things she said was I want someone who drinks and I absolutely respect that and I was like oh okay tell me a bit more about that Um, And for her, it made complete sense because she enjoys having wine with a meal. She enjoys going out to have a drink. So for her, the idea of someone not wanting to do that when they're in a romantic partnership of just the two of them was like, I wouldn't choose that. Whereas obviously we're very good friends and she knows that I don't drink. So if we go out somewhere, she there's never an expectation that I would have a drink. Because even if she had said like, oh, do you want one? I'd probably laugh because I'd be like, what because I haven't had one for like 13 years you think tonight is going to be the night I'm going to suddenly go do you know what I've been craving a vodka diet coke for 15 years like but it's so interesting that that came out as something that mattered to her versus there could be other people maybe listening to the podcast thinking wow actually I'm the opposite in that if I was meeting someone 
I want them to not drink because that's what works for me. And I want us to go out and have alcohol free drinks versus having the question of, oh, are you going to have a glass of wine or, or whatever it might be? Just thought it was a interesting I, I mean, I don't know who this person is, but I would suggest that they people that are worried about whether someone else is drinking are worried about their drinking but I mean mm. I mean I couldn't say that because but you can say that I, and say that I may I have thought something similar but 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 it's but in the same way that okay I really like desserts so I could go out and be like oh my god I hope we're gonna have a dessert I might say oh I don't want to go out with someone who's super super sugar-free because that's going to make me feel guilty for wanting a dessert this with sugar it. in. It's going to make you feel guilty. It's going to make me feel guilty. Everyone's a mirror. So if we if we don't feel guilty at all, then we, yep. we don't. So we have a shared friend. I think I we do have a we have a few shared friends. Are you said name? <laughs> um, she a shared friend that um lives in Dubai. She's the reason why we know mm-hmm. each other. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me mentioning her. And we love when her I, yeah, we love her dearly. She drinks and um, she does not feel guilty about her drinking or worry about it in any way. And I know this for sure, because when I stopped drinking, she did not care. <laughs> and when I say she did not care, she was very happy that I was happy. And she let me sit on her balcony with her. And she like it was irrelevant to her that I had an alcohol free wine and that she had one with alcohol in. She was not um that how not everyone reacted like that <laughs> but yeah. I thought at the time oh you really don't worry <laughs> you're yeah. you're not worrying okay this is good yeah. anyway we have gone off on a beautiful tangent I love Sorry. our tangent and I think that was no I think that's a really interesting convo because yeah so for so many reasons I think that's an in- interesting conversation I am gonna introduce the topic for this week though which I also think is going to be helpful for people and it is the topic of what do we do when we get stuck in our manifestation so I want everyone listening now I want you to think about that one thing that you just cannot manifest you might have been into manifestation for a while you might do all the stuff and you might have manifested some pretty cool things but we've all got one area of our life at least where we just think you know what that thing just does not budge so it might be um, buying buying your own house. It might be finding love. It might be um, losing weight, like whatever it is. What's that one thing? And and Victoria and I have got some theories about this that we're going to have our usual um, back and forth discussion about. So my theory about having um, blocks like this is that it's actually really, really simple. Now, it's you think what no I've got so frustrated with my blocks I've tried everything I don't understand I've done all the hypnosis I I can't seem to get it it's really simple it comes down to cognitive dissonance what do I mean by cognitive dissonance it means that on one hand you do want that thing but on the other hand you actually really don't and when we have cognitive dissonance like that we basically short circuit we go round in circles And what do we do when we go around in circles? We stay still. So it's time to like wake up and smell the coffee, as my dad would say, and say, right, if I'm stuck in this area, I need to start to now recognize where do I see the benefit in not having this thing? Because I obviously do. Let's get write those down. And then also let's look at the benefits of me having it. What what what's your take on that, Victoria, as um as a hypnotherapist and a psychologist? 
Right, I'm going to give you a little sound bite here, and I hope this comes across how I want it to. I think the thing we need to remember is our brain wants to keep us safe, mm -hmm. not happy. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't want us to be happy, but safety is the priority. Mm. So if we are perceiving a situation as unsafe, whether this is money, losing weight, getting that job, being in that relationship, having that house, that car, traveling, whatever it might be, if subconsciously we are perceiving that as unsafe, our brain, our mind will create situations, beliefs, feelings, emotions, whatever, to keep us away from that. I would, I love the, se uh, the secondary dissonance. I love the idea of cognitive dissonance. And I quite often talk with my clients about it being, okay, what are the secondary gains? Mm. What is the sub, and I'm going to keep using the word subconscious because this isn't us being logical. If if this is the first episode you've heard me me talk about things, I quite often talk about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So conscious mind is like frontal lobe, logical, has limited capacity in terms of what it can process at one time, but it is, it's where all the intelligence is. So that's the bit of us that says, hmm, I logically will be better off with this money, with this job, traveling the world. I logically can see that it's safe. But the bigger part that drives things is our subconscious, which is like this seven-year-old child that is not logical. It's not, that's not to say all seven-year-old children aren't logical, but <laughs> it's this very young part of us that is instinct-driven. It is about survival. It's saying, have we experienced this before? And if we have, right, okay, well, did we survive? And if we haven't, then it automatically flags as it flags it as dangerous. As a result, there is a big part of us that's not logical, that's making decisions and saying it's not safe, not safe, can't have it, can't have it. So to me, what you were describing with the cognitive dissonance is that feeling of consciously desiring something and subconsciously, whether it's through past experience, limiting beliefs, past traumas or something like that, having a reason why you don't believe it's safe. Mm. So you stay stuck. That's kind I'm, of how yeah. I would describe it. I totally agree. And and on the note of the word safe, so I also had this download recently that actually the only thing that we really, really want is to be safe and mm -hmm. that you could take every single manifestation on your manifestation list and when you really get to the bottom of why you want it, it's because you want to feel safe. Why do you want to meet the love of your life? Because they'll make you feel safe. Why do you want to be rich and have a, have a nice big house? Because it will make you feel safe. And actually, when we can work out, I think this is the deep healing, when we can make ourselves feel completely safe, exactly where we are right now, that is when we can start to unpick and release some of that cognitive dissonance. Because as you say, that that. Th those those gains that we're seeing in standing still why why are they there because standing still feels safe right now and that thing doesn't and yeah. when we can say oh i'm so safe i have built up such such a like arsenal of internal safety that's when we become truly resilient and that's when we become ironically truly free when we're anchored in so heavily to our own internal safety, we have that freedom to say, well, nothing's scary anymore, right? Yeah. 
because I think with a lot of manifestations if we if we talk about it in terms of manifestation as well when we have a manifestation list what are we actually noticing that we don't have something so um if someone said to you I really really want to manifest an alcohol-free lifestyle like it's so important to me that is at least on some level motivated by the fact that they don't feel safe happy yeah. content in their current state mm-hmm. or and I, I this isn't my specialism so maybe I should I'll use money as an example but yeah. let's say money a lot you were spot on when, with what you said like we we say I'll feel safe when I have a house when I have so much in savings when I have a job that brings me so much money and then people often get to that and they still don't feel safe so mm-hmm. people will say when I've got 10,000 pounds in savings I will feel safe they get there and then they think no that's not done it right it's because I need 20,000 or because I need this in this and that in there and all, all these different reasons but really it's because the external factor often isn't what gives you safety and I think that's what you were just saying that actually we're all in whatever we want to manifest craving a feeling of safety but really that safety has to come from in this moment here and now I'm safe and I can be more safe with money, more safe with the house, more. But it's not the house that gives it to me. I'm just adding to that feeling. I've got to feel first. And that's all about that totally. If you think about when we go on TikTok or we go on Instagram and we see manifestation coaches talking about get onto the vibration of what you want, get be that now. Really, that's what it is if you can feel completely safe and grounded now that is true abundance feeling truly safe is feeling truly abundant and then you will manifest more of that yeah Yeah. it's like the best manifestation technique is needing nothing and I know that's so annoying I know it's so annoying because I hear I hear myself say it I'm like yeah but how Victoria but it's so true you will manifest more money, more abundance, more clients, more opportunities, more pay, more refunds, whatever, when you decide you don't need money. And I think it's important because we're talking about safety, that if anyone knows Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're not talking about the base level. We're not talking about ignoring personal safety, physical safety. Like we're talking about when you've got to the stage where you have shelter, you have food, you have water, and you are not in a vulnerable position. We're talking about from that point onwards, yeah. I think, aren't we? Yeah. Um, well, and- I mean, even if even if you're listening to this and you're not in that position, um, I think the the key message here is if you focus on making yourself feel as safe as possible, you are making yourself more magnetic. So if you're currently in an unsafe situation, like the the first thing you need to do is like do whatever you can to get yourself out of there um and we're in survival mode we're in that kind of position aren't we and we we yeah we've got to get ourselves to a level where we could then take a deep breath and go okay now I'm safe now I have a a bed to sleep in now I um now I can I've got clean water and I can I've got a shower you know that kind of thing yeah and I I think I it was probably a TikTok video like I I see TikToks all the time because I really quite like the platform I think I think the point this video I was watching was trying to make was it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. If you haven't worked on your money mindset, then you will always feel lacking in abundance. Mm. So someone could have 
a hundred pounds to their name and feel abundant because they feel safe. They think, wow, I created that. I've got a hundred pounds. Someone else could have a hundred million pounds in the bank account and feel like it's not enough. What if it runs out? What if I have all these fees? What if I can't do it again? What if that's it? So it's not, a. I think the point I'm kind of stressing here is it's not about the thing. It's mm-hmm. not about the relationship that is not going to make you feel secure and safe and loved if you do not feel secure and safe and loved in yourself. It's not about the dollars or pounds in the bank account. It's not about the house you live in or the clothes you buy. It has to start from within because from, I guess, from a scientific manifestation perspective, we are constantly creating our reality. We are, our consciousness is what projects what we see in the world. So why start with the symptom? Why not start with the cause? Why not go back to the mindset level of feelings? Completely. And actually, you know, thinking about the relationship example, if we go into a relationship because we want that relationship to make us feel secure and safe and loved, mm-hmm. then we are going to man and many people listening to this will probably be able to think, oh yeah, I can think of an example of when I did this. You just <laughs> manifest a relationship that makes you feel even more unsafe insecure right because if if we're we everything's a mirror everything is magnified if you go in feeling unsafe and insecure and you're wanting them to make you feel better no they'll just magnify even more if you go in feeling already safe already secure i don't i don't need you to make me feel safe i already feel safe then you just get more of what you already are it's the same as when people become famous right they say it just magnifies everything that's already there So if you're already really insecure and you've got poor mental health, it's going to make it worse. And if you're already really, really secure and happy, it's going to make it more, right? I love that phrase, an event has no meaning until the one we place it upon. I'm sorry, my cat has just come in. So if you hear some purring, some meowing, that's what's going on. But but like, if, if you think of that, an event has no meaning until the one we place upon it. If you're in a relationship and you are not feeling amazing in your body, you are maybe feeling like your body doesn't look how you want it to look. In an interaction with your partner, that is the belief system that is on high alert to anything they might say. Mm. So if you were feeling that way and asked a question like, do you think I've put on weight, for example, and they looked at you. Now, if you're a Friends fan, you will know that that is the first mistake. <laughs> you never pause. You no just... pause. No. <laughs> so I looked at her. You looked at her? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Friends fan. But if, if that is the interaction, someone looks at you, your brain is going to instantly go, they're considering it. They think I am. They're pausing. They're validating it. They're, it's confirmation bias. So it's nothing that the other person is necessarily doing or saying, because actually they might be about to say, I don't care, you look incredible, or I always think you look amazing, or or it could be, that's irrelevant. Your brain's already started to make a decision based on how you feel. Versus if you feel incredible in your body and the size and shape of your body is just right for you, you probably wouldn't even ask that question. But if you did, it's sort of irrelevant what the other person says anyway. You're not going to place meaning on it because it doesn't matter if they say oh yeah I think you put on muscle or you look great to me or you look the same or doesn't matter so again comes down to what we're feeling on the inside and how that can stop us from manifesting or that can allow manifestations to flow in yeah and I think when we what when we can really really stoke our own internal safety and I think 
it's it's only recently that I've I've had this epiphany where I've realized it's that word it's the safe it's feeling safe but when we can really feel safe on our own then we we're in this position where we don't need anything from people like yeah. I don't need anything from you like I'm just I'm having a nice time but I'm my my cups are all full yeah it's like <laughs> there's no expectation yeah. I, was, I was talking to um, a client about the difference between a romantic relationship and a friendship. And we were discussing this idea of, OK, well, there's a lot of similarities. So why is it that one might find it easy to have friendships, but harder to have a romantic relationship? That's the sort of mindset stuff we were digging into. And together, we kind of came to the conclusion that we place far less expectations on our friendships. Mm. We just let them be. If our friend is a little bit flaky and texts back hours later, we don't really care because we know they're our friend. We know they're busy. That's okay. But in a romantic relationship, if someone was to not respond to a maybe important question within a few hours, we've placed expectations on it. We're saying, well, that's not acceptable and they don't care about me and they're ignoring me. And those things might be true. But again, it's how we are evaluating that situation based on the expectations we place on people. Exactly. And again, I think quite often with romantic relationships, when when you when you're in that energy, it comes back to again, this person is making me feel unsafe. Yeah, I yeah. feel anxious. That is not safe. Like and, and it will be triggering old trauma. Again, this is making me feel unsafe. Um, yeah. so yeah, so interesting. So um if we're going to break this down into a process then for people, something that I would suggest is, as I said at the beginning, start off with a, a, a table, make a table and you can label, make two columns in that table and you want to focus on, you can start off with, if you feel comfortable, the reasons why I really want this thing that I haven't got yet, which will probably feel really easy to write and then write the column the reasons why I really don't want it or why my life's so much easier without this thing. Mm. And, you know, let's say you're looking at um, looking buying a house. Well, actually, I'm really scared of having a mortgage. It feels like something that I've just got this image of people lying in bed at night worrying about paying it. I'm I'm scared of not earning enough money, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you'd be surprised with how easy that column is to fill in. Some, I, I I find that column is the easiest. Weirdly. Can I just, can yeah. I just really read and jump in Go and say, it. I agree. I think a lot of the time it's really easy. And I ask a, a similar but different question when I'm talking about secondary gains, when mm. I talk about a negative feeling. So if someone's feeling anxiety, I might say, I know this doesn't feel like a good feeling, but if you had to guess why your subconscious mind was creating this, what is the benefit of having it? Nine times out of 10 people will say there isn't a benefit. So if people are doing your questions and they're saying, no, I don't think there is anything, I would just add, say, well, okay then, if you had to guess, or if you had to make something up, what would it be? And that's often a good little trigger into, oh, well, actually, Oh, and, and then the things come up like your brain start producing things. Because most of the, no, I shouldn't say most of the time, a lot of the time when we really desire something, like if someone said, I really want a million pounds, like they're like, no, I need it. It'll solve all my problems. If someone said, well, why are you better off staying where you are? I'm not, I'm not. Wait a minute. Really? Is there nothing? If you had to guess, if you had to make it up, what would it be? 
And when we do that, guessing, making up, it often reveals what is actually in our subconscious. Like someone might say, well, actually, I'd, I'd feel really uncomfortable when I went out with my friends. Because if I had a million pounds, I would feel like I had to pay for everyone's dinner every time we went out. And it's not that I don't want to pay for them, but that would create this weird dynamic that suddenly I... And you, you don't necessarily think about these things, but if that's in your subconscious, that's going to be creating that cognitive dissonance you caught, you talked about at the start, and that's going to be creating a block. So, Okay, so the next step then. So we've done the table. Uh, what would you suggest, Victoria, would be the next step? So you've got those two columns. You've got, suddenly you've got quite a lot of clarity. You're like, okay, this is all starting to make a bit more sense now. I can see why I'm stuck. Yeah. What would you suggest that we do next to move through this? Ooh, okay. So we've got a list of why we want it and why we don't want it. Okay. I actually think the next question that I would ask is, so do you really want it? Yeah. And maybe that's a bit kind of like uh, argumentative, but you've got you've got the pros and cons. Yeah. Has that second list made you think, actually, I don't really want that thing because actually I do feel these benefits are better. That's an option. Or has it made you go, I do really want that thing. I need to challenge the second list. Mm. I need to say, is that true? Where is my evidence? Do some practical, logical, empirical disputing on it, which is basically saying, okay, is that a logical thought? Is it logical to think that you will be waking up every single night of your life thinking, oh my gosh, I've got a mortgage? Would you do it every single night of your life? Probably not empirical where's your evidence how do you know who's told you what study have you read that says people with a mortgage wake up every single night in a cold sweat is it true um logical practice and also like is it practical to think of that so I guess that's where I would go with it what would you say would be the next step so I agree um and the, the phrase that's coming to mind here is what I would call taking your thoughts to court because what we need to recognize is in these columns you've you've uncovered your beliefs And we can't just change our beliefs because we want to. We only change beliefs by collecting evidence because that's how we formed them in the first place. So think about the evidence that's created those beliefs so we can understand, oh, that makes sense. Always nice when we make sense to ourselves. Oh, I make sense. I understand why I think that because of this evidence that I've collected. And then start to collect evidence to prove it the other way around. So for example, with the mortgage one, Now, how can I find evidence that suggests that people don't lie in bed worrying about their mortgage? First of all, I know where that's come from in my mind. This is an example from me. Mm -hmm. My um, granddad told me that he had done this when he had a mortgage and that he didn't stop worrying about it until it was paid off. So that's obviously stayed in my mind from a child. However, I've also watched many of my friends and my parents own homes and feel very, very, I'm going to use the word safe, very settled, very safe. How can I find more evidence that suggests that when I own my own home, I'm going to wake up every morning feeling really, really safe and grateful and grounded that I own that property. And Mm -hmm. if I was to sit and journal on that, I could probably come up with loads and loads of examples of that. So I would go through and I would look for evidence and when we're stuck for evidence we can think about things from our life experience can I find any evidence that suggests that that's not true can I think of memories can I think about people I know 
And then I sometimes find it really helpful to switch into the voice of my higher self or whatever word you want to use, the universe, if you want to use the word God, if you want to use, um, if sometimes I think if you really want to get into the energy of how the universe sees you, I go into the energy of how I see my nephew because I see, I think, I'm sure everyone who's got children uh, or nieces and nephews feels the same, but I just think he's the most perfect little boy in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And that's because he's my nephew, but that's how all parents and gods see us, right? So if you can see yourself through that lens, put that lens on, what would god say to you right now about the fact that you can't have that or you're not good enough for that or or whatever and what would they think what they tell you and that can be helpful as well so so good i think you're right that how do we form a belief we experience it we hear it we see it we create neural connections how do we generally speaking without tools like hypnosis eft bwrt how do we change a belief we let it atrophy and build up a new belief in its place. Mm. Meaning we have this thing called neuroplasticity, which is that our thoughts are not fixed. So if we have a belief that's not serving us, then we want to stop reinforcing that. We want to stop thinking it. And a way of doing that is to think a different but related thought. So I think that's what you were saying, wasn't it? Like, I'm going to think different thoughts about mortgages, about having a house. I'm going to find people as examples to show my brain and my mirror neurons. Oh, hang on a minute. My parents got great sleep. They didn't wake up every single night in a cold sweat panicking. It th- That's not a reality that that happens to every single person. So why would that have to happen to me? Mm. And then I guess from that point, it goes back to what I sort of added that you then go, do I want it? Yes. Do I now believe it's more possible? Yes. Have I resolved some of this cognitive dissonance? Yes. Which leads to the the starting of the unblocking process, which allows you to think a different way, allows you to create a different reality so that you see more opportunities for the relationship, the job, the money, the house. You see things as more possible. You see more examples of people having what you want and it being safe or comfortable or positive or whatever that word might be. And I would say that you know that you've truly integrated that list. And I, I use this as a test. We Have I finished? Like, is there anything else I need to look at? We know it's completely consolidated and realigned because when it is literally aligned where the two columns become one. It's like, no, there's no cognitive dissonance. There's only a clear path of, yes, I want this because. And that is when you've dispelled anything in that list or either of those tables that make you feel unsafe and the only things that you've got written down in your table are this manifestation will make me feel safe because or I already feel safe because this manifestation cannot take my safety away because and when everything points to and therefore I'm safe and therefore I'm safe then we know okay we've, we've it's all in alignment now and actually Thunderbirds are go it's going <laughs> Thunderbirds are go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was I was talking to someone who's it's a kind of a it's a friend of a friend situation. But this friend of a friend had won the lottery, um, and not in the UK, but had won the lottery, <clears throat> and maybe it's called the Lotto. Same thing. And uh, and I was talking like, oh, okay, great. And how did that come about? And my friend said she's just that kind of person. It's like, what do you mean? 
she said she's just that kind of person she just believes that great stuff happens to her she just knew that she was really lucky she didn't necessarily walk around going oh I'm gonna win the lottery this week but she said there was just that feeling of well she always gets great stuff and she knows it not in a she she used the word princess but meaning princess in the best possible Mm. way meaning she just has this expectation and I think expectations and manifestation are really important but this expectation that good things will happen to her and what you're saying is when you've removed your cognitive dissonance Mm. the belief system the expectation is clear yeah it's clear that any of those things you want to manifest are possible good for you believable and are going to happen. It doesn't have to mean that here in this moment right now, but there's no doubt, there's no fear, there's no lack, there's no reason why your brain wouldn't go, oh yeah, go for it. In the same way that you might say, um, I don't know, what might what what sort of things always happen? The sun rises. As far as we're aware, every single day the sun rises. You don't wake up going, is it? Oh, good. We've got daylight today. Like obviously yeah. if you live in the Arctic Circle, it's not quite how it works every single day. But you know, there are certain beliefs and expectations that we don't question to get yourself into a state of flow. And the word you used, I think, was integration. You want to be in that state where there's just a really nice, positive expectation about all the good things yeah. without the lack and the doubt and the fear. And actually, something that I think everyone can take away, hopefully from this podcast episode, mm-hmm. Even if you are not ready to do your cognitive dissonance table yet, if you know what, you might even be thinking, that's scaring me, that's making me feel overwhelmed because you know there's stuff on there that you're not ready to look at. And actually, if you're feeling like that, then then this is just solidifying again. It's that feeling of safety that is so necessary. The, the, if you're going to, only going to do one thing after this podcast episode, come back to feeling safe what can you do in this moment in the next moment can you make feeling safe and cultivating a feeling of safety a priority because the more you make that a priority the more magnetic you are going to become the more regulated you you are that and you know you're getting yourself ready to start to look at some of that cognitive dissonance but when we are cultivating a feeling of safety day by day that is getting us where we need to be to manifest what we want isn't it definitely and that's your expectation your expectation is you'll feel safe regardless regardless of if he or she takes you back regardless of if you get the job regardless of if you've got an x x amount of money in your bank account the expectation is i am safe and from that position how can i manifest the things i want exactly i love it oh I feel like this has just come to a beautiful conclusion. <laughs> and always a pleasure having you on the podcast, Victoria. And I'm sure everyone listening is like, oh my God, I really want to listen to this lady's podcast. Where can I find her online? They probably want to book in sessions with you. So could you just let everyone know? Obviously, I'll pop it in the show notes. But for those of you that are driving and wanting just to hear it now, where can people find you online? Thank you so much for having me. And yes, everyone is welcome in the Victoria Mascot community. So If you want to come to my podcast and join that family, it is the Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. If you want to find me on social media, if you type in victoria.maskell, which is two L's because someone cloned my TikTok account and even cloned the video with me saying, this is my only TikTok account. If it looks, they cloned that too, because it's always a bot. But um, if you will find me on Instagram, 
you'll find me on TikTok. And if you go to victoriamaskell.com, you will find my website. There's loads of different ways that you can contact me. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Victoria. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.